Today is the 16th day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. And it is, uh, it is a pleasure and an honor to be here with you at the close of another week. And yeah, as we begin next week, tomorrow, uh, we're going to be beginning our, our pilgrimage to the land of the Bible. And we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end, but here we are at the beginning. And uh, yesterday we finished the book of Exodus, which, uh, which brings us to a new book in the Old Testament that we're beginning today, Leviticus. And uh, Leviticus is the third book of, of the Pentateuch or Torah. And it's, it's written to the children of Israel. And, and we're in the middle of the desert at this point, right? So we follow the children of Israel out of Egypt and slavery and into the wilderness. And we've been kind of camped out at Mount Sinai, out in the middle of the desert for a bit. And that's where, that, that's where we are at this point in the story. God is establishing the terms of the covenant between himself and the people that he's set apart and chosen to be holy. And it's been, it's been about a year since they've been out of Egypt. And now the law is being given. And as we pay close attention, we'll sort of see a sub-theme emerge out of the laws and statutes. Everything that they are commanded to do and obey and observe all has a spiritual underpinning. Everything that they do is to remind them of their spiritual reality and their holiness before God and their covenantal relationship with God. And holiness is a huge, huge thing uh, to God. In fact, God tells them, I am holy, therefore you will be holy. And of course, holy means set apart to God. So God is saying, if we're going to be in a relationship, right? Like if we're, if we're going to be communing together and enjoying each other's company and fellowship with each other, then this is going to only happen through holiness. So, uh, you know, Leviticus, we get to this point in the year. And this is when a lot of the New Year's resolutions start wearing off. And we're just a couple days post Valentine's Day. And that is usually the point where the community for the year uh, is established. Those who are going to make it have decided to do it. And it usually kind of corresponds to how well you're doing with your other New Year's resolutions, right? Some people are like, I'm not reading Leviticus and I'm not eating any more boiled chicken and salad and uh, and that's fine I mean we get to choose <laughs> we get to choose our lives uh, what I've found over the years is that a lot of, of those people a lot of that if that's you if you're like okay I just can't like I just gotta get off this train pretty good chance that one year from today you may be right where you are right now so I'm telling all of us, we can do this. We can take this journey. We just have to understand the territory that we are moving through as we move through the Bible. 
Yeah. Not all of it is like sit at the edge of your seat, riveting page turner stuff. Some of it's like we're reading laws and laws are the kind of literature that's meant to be narrative or edge of your seat. But all of our societies will fall, would fall apart without our law books. And so we're going to move through the law and understand its context so that when we come out the other side of the law and begin to move toward the promised land, we understand the lay of the land. And so as we move through Leviticus and we talk about sacrifices and stuff like that, we'll find a lot of blood in this book because there's a lot of sacrifice in it. And if we approach the Old Testament, a work that was inspired thousands of years ago from the perspective of the culture that we live in right now, right? Back reading our culture into an ancient culture, then yeah, it'll seem somewhat barbaric and and certainly antiquated and perhaps even irrelevant, but it certainly wasn't then. And what it all represents is certainly not all relevant now. It's as relevant now as ever. Uh, and we may wonder why they would just start sacrificing animals and why would God want animal sacrifice? And uh, to find that out, we got to go back to the beginning. It's been six weeks. We read the account of the Garden of Eden. We read of Adam and Eve's fall. And from that moment, all of mankind was separated from God and worthy of destruction, spiritually and physically. I remember that story. When God came into the garden in the cool of the evening, looking for Adam and Eve, they were hiding. And they eventually told God that they were afraid because they were naked. How God responds to that is telling. He covers them with the skins of animals. So it was God who set this precedent of atonement and covering. It cost something to cover man and woman. It cost the life of an animal. And now we live in a culture after Jesus where this idea of an atoning sacrifice isn't, isn't something that we, we think about that much other than to just know that Jesus was a sacrifice once and for all. Okay, well, that sacrifice once and for all, we just, we just read of that story in the Gospel of Matthew. It was barbaric. It was ugly. It was bloody. It was sad. And the more that we fall in love with Jesus, the, the more that we see Jesus at work in our lives, the more we realize that this didn't happen to somebody we, we don't know. This happened to our closest friend. But his sacrifice was once and for all. All that we needed. He took it all, blameless, willingly. And, and, and we no longer need any other atonement. That's the reality that we currently live in. But the children of Israel back in the book, as we start Leviticus, they don't have that luxury. God is showing the children of Israel that to cover their sin comes at a great cost 
and requires the shedding of blood. It is a constant, living, cultural reminder for them that sin leads to death. And we'll see God sewing this into the fabric of the culture that he's establishing. We'll see the burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering, and how they're to be given. And we'll see the way things are to be consecrated and the consecration of priests and priests' families. And we'll learn what's considered clean and what's considered unclean in the culture. And we'll discover the different festivals or feasts that have to be observed and the blessings and cursings all against the backdrop of the utter holiness and sovereignty of, of God. And so let's embrace this journey as we move forward into and through the book of Leviticus. We're reading from the contemporary English version this week and today we'll read Leviticus chapters 1 through 3. The Lord spoke to Moses from the sacred tent and gave him instructions for the community of Israel to follow when they offered sacrifices. The Lord said, Sacrifices to please me must be completely burned on the bronze altar. Bulls or rams or goats are the animals to be used for these sacrifices. If the animal is a bull, it must not have anything wrong with it. Lead it to the entrance of the sacred tent, and I will let you know if it is acceptable to me. Lay your hand on its head, and I will accept the animal as a sacrifice for taking away your sins. After the bull is killed in my presence, some priests from Aaron's family will offer its blood to me by splattering it against the four sides of the altar. Skin the bull and cut it up, while the priests pile wood on the altar fire to make it start blazing. Wash the bull's insides and hind legs so the priests can lay them on the altar with the head, the fat, and the rest of the animal. A priest will then send all of it up in smoke with a smell that pleases me. If you sacrifice a ram or a goat, it must not have anything wrong with it. Lead the animal to the north side of the altar where it is to be killed in my presence. Then some of the priests will splatter its blood against the four sides of the altar. Cut up the animal and wash its insides and hind legs. A priest will put these parts on the altar with the head, the fat, and the rest of the animal. Then he will send all of it up in smoke with a smell that pleases me. If you offer a bird for this kind of sacrifice, it must be a dove or a pigeon. A priest will take the bird to the bronze altar where he will wring its neck and put its head on the fire. Then he will drain out its blood on one side of the altar, remove the bird's craw with what is in it, and throw them on the ash heap at the east side of the altar. Finally, he will take the bird by its wings, tear it partially open, and send it up in smoke with the smell that pleases me. The Lord said, 
When you offer sacrifices to give thanks to me, you must use only your finest flour. Put it in a dish, sprinkle olive oil and incense on the flour, and take it to the priests from Aaron's family. One of them will scoop up the incense together with a handful of flour and oil. Then, to show that the whole offering belongs to me, the priest will lay this part on the bronze altar and send it up in smoke with a smell that pleases me. The rest of this sacrifice is for the priests. It is very holy because it was offered to me. If you bake bread in an oven for this sacrifice, use only your finest flour, but without any yeast. You may make the flour into a loaf mixed with olive oil, or you may make it into thin wafers and brush them with oil. If you cook bread in a shallow pan for this sacrifice, use only your finest flour. Mix it with olive oil, but do not use any yeast. Then break the bread into small pieces and sprinkle them with oil. If you cook your bread in a pan with a lid on it, you must also use the finest flour mixed with oil. You may prepare sacrifices to give thanks in any of these three ways. Bring your sacrifice to a priest, and he will take it to the bronze altar. Then, to show that the whole offering belongs to me, the priest will lay part of it on the altar and send it up in smoke with a smell that pleases me. The rest of this sacrifice is for the priests. It is very holy because it was offered to me. Yeast and honey must never be burned on the altar, so don't ever mix either of these in a grain sacrifice. You may offer either of them separately, when you present the first part of your harvest to me, but they must never be burned on the altar. Salt is offered when you make an agreement with me, so sprinkle salt on these sacrifices. Freshly cut grain, either roasted or coarsely ground, must be used when you offer the first part of your grain harvest. You must mix in some olive oil and put incense on top, because this is a grain sacrifice. A priest will sprinkle all of the incense and some of the grain and oil on the altar and send them up in smoke to show that the whole offering belongs to me. The Lord said, When you offer sacrifices to ask my blessing, you may offer either a bull or a cow, but there must be nothing wrong with the animal. Lead it to the entrance of the sacred tent. Lay your hand on its head and have it killed there. A priest from Aaron's family will splatter its blood against the four sides of the altar. Offer all of the fat on the animal's insides, as well as the lower part of the liver and the two kidneys with their fat. Some of the priests will lay these pieces on the altar and send them up in smoke with a smell that pleases me, together with the sacrifice that is offered to please me. Instead of a bull or a cow, you may offer any sheep or goat that has nothing wrong with it. If you offer a sheep, you must present it to me at the entrance to the sacred tent. 
lay your hand on its head and have it killed there. A priest will then splatter its blood against the four sides of the altar. Offer the fat on the tail, the tailbone, and the insides, as well as the lower part of the liver and the two kidneys with their fat. One of the priests will lay these pieces on the altar and send them up in smoke as a food offering for me. If you offer a goat, you must also present it to me at the entrance to the sacred tent. Lay your hand on its head and have it killed there. A priest will then splatter its blood against the four sides of the altar. Offer all of the fats on the animal's insides, as well as the lower part of the liver and the two kidneys with their fat. One of the priests will put these pieces on the altar and send them up in smoke as a food offering with a smell that pleases me. All fat belongs to me. So you and your descendants must never eat any fats or any blood, not even in the privacy of your own homes. This law will never change. Mark 1, 29 through 2, 12. As soon as Jesus left the meeting place with James and John, they went home with Simon and Andrew. When they got there, Jesus was told that Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with fever. Jesus went to her. He took hold of her hand and helped her up. The fever left her, and she served them a meal. That evening, after sunset, all who were sick or had demons in them were brought to Jesus. In fact, the whole town gathered around the door of the house. Jesus healed all kinds of terrible diseases and forced out a lot of demons. But the demons knew who he was, and he did not let them speak. Very early the next morning, Jesus got up and went to a place where he could be alone and pray. Simon and the others started looking for him, and when they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, We must go to the nearby towns so that I can tell the good news to those people. This is why I have come. Then Jesus went to the Jewish meeting places everywhere in Galilee, where he preached and forced out demons. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and knelt down. He begged, You have the power to make me well, if only you wanted to. Jesus felt sorry for the man, so he put his hand on him and said, I want to. Now you are well. At once the man's leprosy disappeared and he was well. After Jesus strictly warned the man, he sent him on his way. He said, Don't tell anyone about this. Just go and show the priest that you are well. Then take a gift to the temple as Moses commanded, and everyone will know that you have been healed. The man talked about it so much and told so many people that Jesus could no longer go openly into a town. 
he had to stay away from the towns. But people still came to him from everywhere. Jesus went back to Capernaum, and a few days later people heard that he was at home. Then so many of them came to the house that there wasn't even standing room left in the front of the door. Jesus was still teaching when four people came up carrying a crippled man on a mat. But because of the crowd, they could not get him to Jesus. So they made a hole on the roof above him and let the man down in front of everyone. When Jesus saw how much faith they had, he said to the crippled man, My friend, your sins are forgiven. Some of the teachers of the law of Moses were sitting there. They started wondering, why would he say such a thing? He must think he is God. Only God can forgive sins. Right away, Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he said, Why are you thinking such things? Is it easier for me to tell this crippled man that his sins are forgiven, or to tell him to get up and pick up his mat and go on home? I will show you that the Son of Man has the right to forgive sins here on earth. So Jesus said to the man, Get up, pick up your mat, and go on home. The man got right up. He picked up his mat and went out while everyone watched in amazement. They praised God and said, We have never seen anything like this. Psalm 35, 17-28 But all you do is watch. When will you do something? Save me from the attack of those vicious lions. And when your people meet, I will praise you and thank you, Lord, in front of them all. Don't let my brutal enemies be glad because of me. They hate me for no reason. Don't let them wink behind my back. They say hurtful things, and they lie to people who want to live in peace. They are quick to accuse me. They say, You did it. We saw you ourselves. You see everything, Lord. Please don't keep silent or stay so far away. Fight to defend me, Lord God, and prove that I am right by your standards. Don't let them laugh at me or say to each other, Now we've got what we want. We'll gobble him down. Disappoint and confuse all who are glad to see me in trouble, but disgrace and embarrass my proud enemies who say to me, You are nothing. Let all who want me to win be happy and joyful. From now on, let them say, The Lord is wonderful. God is glad when all goes well for his servants. Then I will shout all day, Praise the Lord God. He did what was right. Proverbs 9 13 through 18. Stupidity is reckless, senseless, 
and foolish. She sits in front of her house and on the highest hills in the town. She shouts to everyone who passes by, If you are stupid, come on inside. And to every fool she says, Stolen water tastes best. And the food you eat in secret tastes best of all. None who listen to stupidity understand that her guests are as good as dead. We thank you, Father, for another week in your word. We thank you for all that you've spoken. And it's like every week you speak volumes into our lives. Every week you touch soft, tender places inside of us, either to correct us or to comfort and heal us. Every day your word has something for us and we are so deeply grateful. And so as we end this week, uh, you have brought us into new books in both the Old and New Testaments for us to camp out in and, and enjoy as we move through the remainder of this month. And Father, as we prepare to go back and experience the places where so many of these stories occurred in Israel, in the land of the Bible. We certainly pray your protection, your health, your stamina, your wisdom over all of it. Come Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It is where you find out what's going on around here. And there are a couple of things going on around here. The uh, registration for the More Gathering for Women, uh, which will take place in the mountains of North Georgia, just about an hour outside of Atlanta. Registration is uh, open for that. You can get all of the details at moregathering.com or go to dailyaudiobible.com and scroll down to the initiatives section. Of course, you can see the initiatives section on the Daily Audio Bible app as well. Uh, just uh, click the drawer icon in the upper left-hand corner. So uh, we are anticipating and excited and prayerful and hopeful for all that God is going to do on that mountaintop. And uh, any of the, you who have ever been, then you know that, that God shows up for each of us in, in the way that we need him to. And uh, it's pretty remarkable. So if uh, coming come this spring, you feel like you might be looking for new life as new life comes to the earth, if uh, maybe it's been a long stretch for you and you need some perspective, this, uh, this could be exactly what has been put in your path for a reason. So pray into that. Hope to see you. Hope to see you there. And then I, I mentioned we're going back to the land of the Bible. Well, that is upon us. Uh, we'll be flying out on the big plane tomorrow. And uh, it's a long way. It's a long flight. It's not my favorite thing to do, but uh, I guess it beats walking. Uh, especially since we'd have to walk across the ocean. 
but jet lag can be difficult and logistics uh, can be challenging. I mean, there's, there's a lot of moving parts when, uh, you know, you have buses of people who are all from all over the world. And uh, it has always been such a beautiful dance to see it all come together, but it has never happened without the intercession and prayer of God's people in this community. And so wouldn't dare get on that plane and go back over there again without knowing that there was a canopy of prayer being raised over that. And so uh, I ask for your prayers, Uh, prayers of safety and travel, prayers for on-time delivery of all of our guests uh, who will be arriving on all kinds of different flights, Uh, prayer over stamina and health and jet lag and logistics and and all of these things as we uh, prepare to pilgrimage uh, uh, around the land of the Bible. Now, yeah, this is going to happen for a bunch of people in person, but it's always a community experience. It's something that we do together, uh, whether virtually or in person. And so we'll be posting pictures uh, and videos several times a day on our social media channels. Just as things happen, we'll be posting them up. So be sure to uh, stay connected that way uh, so that you can kind of look in not only and get a glimpse of what's happening in the daily Adi Bible community, who's actually going to be in Israel, but also looking into sites that you've heard of, like names that you've heard of in the Bible, places that we've been to in the Bible, those places are real places and they can come alive and and we do everything that we possibly can to make that happen. And uh, we'll also be doing a live broadcast We always do this once we reach the Sea of Galilee and uh, we all get together and kind of debrief each other and invite the community in to ask questions and we'd spend about an hour just together as a community virtually even though we're spanning across time zones and even international datelines. And so we'll, we'll keep you posted on that, but thank you for your prayers. And uh, if you are interested in perhaps being one of, uh, of those who actually get to experience the land of the Bible in person next year in 2020, uh, registration is now open for that. You can go to dailyaudiobible.com in the initiatives section and find Israel 2020 and uh, get all of the details that you would want to know and uh, get yourself registered these trips always uh, at least for the last five or six years they've always filled up and they've always been sold out and we've always had a waiting list so uh, I wouldn't you know if like if it's something that you're like seriously I do want to do that then I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, wait but certainly there is time to kind of pray into that but you can you can now register for Israel 2020 at dailyaudiobible.com If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link that lives on the homepage. If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. 
And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that is it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hey, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Daryl. This is my second time calling, Daryl in Georgia. And uh, absolutely love this. I, I drive a truck at night, and this is absolutely a perfect way to get my food, <laughs> get my daily soaking in God's Word. And Brian, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and appreciate your passion for God. I am so on board with that passion. There's no one like our great God. There is nobody like our Jesus. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is sustenance for our lives. Which brings me to my point. I think your name was T. I think that's what you said, T. You're a young man and you called in and you've been listening since Thanksgiving of last year. And you're struggling with sensing the presence of God, or you said the peace of God. You're, you're, you're battling that. My encouragement to you is dwell on what the Word of God says. Believe what the Bible says, and what the Bible says is that God promises, I will never leave you or forsake you. So the presence of God is there. He is there by your side. Never doubt that. My encouragement to you, I believe, what I experience for myself, if I'm feeling uh, maybe empty or, or feeling like I'm not sensing his presence, I just talk to him and I worship him. I tell him everything that he is to me. I tell him how amazing he is. And I thank him for all the little details in my life. And that causes me to sense his presence. I hope that's encouraging to you. My time is just about up. God bless you, my brother. This is Lynn Song, L-Y-N-N-S-O-N-G, Lynn Song. I just started Daily Audio Bible this year. It's very hard to call. I feel very vulnerable, but I need prayer for my husband. I wrote what I would say because I was afraid I would go blank. So uh, my husband has battled depression for years is a musician and feels like a failure because his music has not taken him where he hoped it would. He is very gifted and talented, has made 20 plus CDs. He writes, sings, composes, produces, plays multiple instruments, but living in the Midwest makes it difficult. He struggles socially as well, so it is challenging for him to market himself. Long story short, I've prayed for him for years, for God's will for him, including that he would accept these circumstances if that is what God wants. I want us both to accept God's will for our lives, and I want him to be happy. I need help lifting my husband up in prayer and feel like I am Moses in need of assistance to hold my hands in the air until the battle is won. He came home tonight very depressed and discouraged, so thank you. And I can't stress enough, married 21 years and how long we've struggled with this. I don't know if my time will run out, but I wanted to say I've been so encouraged and heartened to hear how many men are involved in DAB, both calling for prayer and calling to pray for others. 
For some reason, it's given me hope for the body of Christ. So I thank you for praying. I am praying for you all. Uh, thank you so much. Hey everybody, it's Margot from Australia and I am now in Uganda. This is actually a bit of a test call to see what the line's like and whether it's very clear or not, working out which number to use. Um, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm going quite well. Still have moments of being homesick, but that's just me. And um, in between, I have lots of joyful moments. Um, I wanted to say thank you so much for everyone that's praying for me. I did start writing down the names so I could thank everyone, but I didn't want to use up all my time just paying a list of names. So if you've prayed for me, thank you so, so much. I did specifically, though, want to mention treasured possession. That word from the Lord, I, ah, look, I cried. That was beautiful and encouraging, and I'm so... Um, so I've got a bit of a cold, but other than that, I'm doing well. And um, Uganda is an amazing place. Um, there's a couple of people who I did want to say that I'm praying for. Um, Tyler from Canada, with the, the quadriplegic with that implanted device, that sounds like you're having an awful time. I'm praying. Um, Teresa in Texas with the alopecia. I really feel for you, sister, and I'm praying for you. And Karen from Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania. It sounds as though you're having a very rough time and, and I'm praying for everyone and, and these couple of things are things that really made me, really touch my heart. Um, I had a moment the other day where I was feeling a bit overwhelmed. I was standing in the supermarket and I just couldn't work out where everything was and what to buy and everything was so different. I didn't understand the money and I got so overwhelmed I cried out to Jesus in my heart. It's this beautiful image of him standing beside me arm around me saying, it's a tender, we've got this. And I nearly cried right there, it was beautiful. And I wanted to share that because that is what your prayers are doing, allowing me to feel his peace. Okay, love you all heaps, bye. Hey DAB family, this is Byron Hopkins, Florida. I need you guys to pray for my son, Caleb, he's 12 years old. Uh, we've discovered that he's picked up some fairly disturbing habits concerning uh, his sexuality. And uh, we're really concerned and worried about him. Uh, God is good because he felt uh, bad enough about these things to confess them to us. Uh, but still, there's a lot of work to be done for him to understand uh, why these things are wrong and what he needs to do to... Uh, walk the right path. We uh, put a really tight rein on what our kids watch and uh, what they read and who they hang out with. Uh, but somewhere there's a leak in the system for him to be doing some of the things that we've uh, heard about and he hasn't really come forward with us about where he might have gotten some of these ideas from and that's, that's a concern. But I just need the warriors to come out and pray because the devil's trying to take my boy. He knows the Lord, he loves him, and he's just trying to separate him from his family and separate him from his God and separate him from himself. And I can't stand for that. And I need my family to pray. Uh, a lot of other stuff going on too, but just uh, if you could focus your prayers on that, I really appreciate it. Love you all.